This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is WWE NXT superstar Dominic Dijakovic and you are feasting your ears on the Busted Wide Open podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, our Patreon Mailbag Series, episode number 32. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And yes, this is the show where we answer the questions that you send in to us. Uh, you, of course, referring to our patrons. That's right. Now, if you're listening to this and you're not a patron and you want to submit a question, it's very simple. You head over to patreon.com forward slash BWO and you sign up for one of our lovely little Patreon tiers and you help support this show as all of our patrons are doing right now. And a big shout out to them for helping make this show run and keeping us on the airwaves and on the YouTubes. So thank you to all of our patrons for supporting us and being the grease that grinds our gears. So, yes, Nick, we are here to answer these questions from our lovely patrons yes. and to entertain all of those listening to us. So what is on the docket for today, sir? Well, today we have lots of questions, but first head over to BWOPodcast.com. Find all of our links over there. Make sure you get into the Discord. Come find us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BWOPodcast. But most importantly, make sure you're subscribed right here at YouTube.com slash BustedWideOpen for this and other shows all throughout the week. We do live stream every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern uh, right here on our YouTube channel. So if you're listening to us on the podcast... You got an opportunity to come and watch us do this live and hang out with 20 or so people that join us live right here every single show. So we miss you guys. Come join us, youtube.com slash open. Want to give a special shout out to all of our patrons as well. Thank you guys for all of your support. You are the reason this this series exists is because of all of this. So come mm. over to patreon.com slash BWO. Uh, get access to the show notes, bonus episodes, uh, Skype calls, your own segments, which we're going to have to do here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we got so, people. So uh, shout segments. out to Trey and Jesse. Be advised, over the course of the next two weeks, we are going to be introducing yeah. a couple of new segments. Jesse and Trey, we will be in touch with you in the next yes. couple of days. And join the millions and, and millions. millions of the fans <laughs> of the Busted Wide Open podcast yes. over on the YouTubes, et cetera, et yes. cetera, et cetera. I've already found we're, we're also debuting a brand new display here for you guys that are watching are live and already found a couple of things to fix. So uh, you guys will <laughs> okay. see some magic things light up uh, as you engage with the Super Chats. So just a heads up, uh, that oh, is how to 
unlock some of Nick, the cool Nick and his Nick and his toys. Yes, I've been doing some widgetry over here. Not to I've, be confused with a, wizardry. I have a Daryl cat. Nick has Nick has computer stuff. Yes. That's how it works. <laughs> well, let's kick things off. We've got a lot of great questions today. Uh, we're going to kick things off with Mr. Will James. He says, uh, if Edge did sign a three-year contract, do you think there's any chance they are reverse booking him back into rated RKO? Three hmm. years seems long enough to where they have to put him in a tag team at some point, either with Randy or potentially even Christian, if he comes back, uh, ends up getting cleared. So I'm wondering if they are continuing this feud to eventually bring each other's respect back and fight some bigger foe or something else. What do you think? You know, three years, I don't say this is completely out of the realm of possibility. Rated, I mean, it would give Randy something to do too, and he's been kind of, you know, hopping from place to place as well in WWE without a ton of direction. So I'm not going to say this is outside of the realm of possibility. In fact, I could see this happening, but it wouldn't be for long. No. And I think that's because Edge's Edge right now is a bigger star solo than he would be in a tag team. Getting Edge and Christian back together would be a big deal, but even that I don't think would be long lived, three months at most. And that's if Christian get clear gets cleared. And Christian has said that his issues are not like Daniel Bryan or the other guys. Like he's got different issues that are keeping him on the no contact list. So we'll see if that even happens within the next three years. Sure. Uh, that's, a, that's a big if. Um, I see Edge as being a singles guy. And he said he wants singles feuds. He wants to do things. He wants to face AJ Styles. Mm. He wants to face Daniel Bryan. Mm. He wants to face these guys that he never got to face. And he's been sitting on the sidelines for the last nine years going, damn, I wish I could face Seth Rollins. Right? So he's looking for those feuds. The Randy thing is just the, this is the kickoff. We may get, you know, a little RKO in the rated RKO in the fall, but I don't expect it to last long. I don't even expect it to happen, but if it does, it will not last long. I don't think. No, I listen. I, I don't think this is any kind of, kind of setup thing for, uh, for, for Christian to come back. I think they are going to have a sort of rated RKO thing. They teased it already. They dangled that carrot in front of us. We'll see, but right now I am perfectly content with Edge back on my television. I, I don't, there's in what, not much in more. whatever way in, in whatever <laughs> way they want to give it. As yes. long as I can hear Metalingus once a month with him coming back and doing something, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm not trying to hype up any sort of inflated expectations or anything like that. So, uh, yeah. Is it any more than that? I don't think so. I, I, let's let this ride out with Randy and Edge. Let's not rush it into something that it wasn't originally intended to be. Well, so. you, you don't think they originally intended to, to have this ultimately bring back around R, rated RKO, which I think is, is his question is, is this a way of bringing that back? Possibly. Possibly. But I'm, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remain content with, with what we have, and if they surprise right. me, fantastic. It's icing on the cake. I, I'm going to say it's possible, but I think that Edge's ultimate goal is singles. Singles feuds. Yeah. So. I, I would much rather see him get to face all of the other future legends and Hall of Famers that uh, are now currently working. I'd love to see those kind of just dream matches happen. Same. That's that's Same. really what this comes down to for me. And much if, much if, more than a, re, a rated RKO revival, you know? Which would get him in with some really good tag teams. But, uh, yeah, I, again, I'm with you. I think I'd prefer the singles stuff as well. Yeah, totally. 
Next up, we got Martin. Uh, he says, good day, sirs. Uh, hope you're all well. Hope you are as well. Thank Martin. you, sir. Thank you. And you as well. You are only allowed to destroy one of these between you. So I guess we we can only pick one, and we're going to have to fight over which one. We're going to go fight. Is this going to be a throwdown? Right. A little death match? A little so BWO death match? We can eliminate Nia Jackson matches, or okay. we can eliminate Limp Biscuit songs. Whichever we choose, the other one is played on every WWE show for a whole year. Oh, Jesus. Which one stays and which one goes? And I, I will jump out here and, and absolutely defend... I could certainly listen to Limp Biscuit for a year. I've done it before. I could do oh, it I again. <laughs> I don't know if I could handle seeing Nia Jax on TV on every show for an entire year. Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Yes. And main event. 205, 305 Live? The Bump. Last ride. Tada, Tada Davis. She's already on there, too. She's already on. So much Tada yeah. Davis. Oh, God. Um, it's exactly what JB just said in chat. Oh, God. Oh, I, God. Well, this, this is, I mean. Oh, and all the pay-per-views, by the way. Is it an Thank option to just kill ourselves, Martin? Is that just is that an option? Um, we at the Busted Wide Open know, podcast do not condone suicide. But here's the thing. I would say that about a lot of people if i had to have the same thing on every show yeah all the time like i'm a huge fan of daniel bryan but if i had to watch a daniel bryan match on every every single ww episode i would get sick of it i would obviously have a lot of fun for a while it wouldn't be torture but at a certain point, I'd be like, oh, my God, it's the Daniel Bryan match again. And I feel bad for him. That's a whole lot of really – that's a lot of booking he's got he's to come up with there. But uh, – Let me put it this way. I'm very excited for the second weekend in a row that I'm going to have Taco Bell tonight. I love – Why do you have to tease me? I, Why must you tease me like this? I love Taco Bell. But if I, were, if I had to eat Taco Bell ah, five nights a week for an entire year – You'd die. I, well, you would first, actually would I die. would actually literally you die. You would literally <laughs> die. Uh, but I would get sick of it probably before I died, before I killed myself right. by talking. You would get sick of about. it before you got sick from it. Right, exactly. So right. there are things that I like that I still wouldn't. So I don't want to see but I guess what, I But what he's saying here is, what he's saying here is, would you rather die from eating McDonald's five days a week or would you rather die from eating Taco Bell five days a week? And I would oh. rather eat, I'd rather die from eating Taco Bell five days a week than McDonald's. <laughs> lesser of two so evils, a, kind of thing. The right? lesser of the, the right, the lesser of two evils. So I'm going to take the Limp Biscuit songs as well because he didn't Attaboy. clarify. He didn't clarify which ones. And there's some songs on Three Dollar Bill, y'all, that I actually think are pretty good. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm going to take the lesser here, and say you can play the Limp Biscuit songs. None of them go over five minutes. I can probably handle that. Yep. Uh, if I have to die. Let, let me die with the biscuit as opposed to nothing but Nia Jax matches. <laughs> Thank God. you very much, Martin. Martin. Hope you're doing well yeah. also. Great question. <laughs> now, now that you've heard our psyches. <laughs> Next up, Billy asks us, uh, good afternoon, friends. Question <laughs> this week is simple. Yes, mm. we all love Drew, and he's spectacular in every single way. No denying that. Him and Seth put on an absolute classic at Money in the Bank. Objectively, who should take the title from him and when? Keep Oof. in mind that any day now, fans could turn on him and decide he's being forced down our throats and pushed too strongly, 
like most other main event talents have had happen to them. It's already happening. Yeah. Who beats him and when? (laughs) Obviously, he can win it back at any time. Shouldn't be Seth anytime soon because the more he loses, the crazier he gets. Stay safe and stay awesome. You too, Billy. Thank you, sir. I agree with you on Seth. I think I said that last week, and it started. It manifested into crazy hair. Uh, yet to be determined whether that's because of the pregnancy announcement or because he is descending his gimmick into madness. Um, I'm, I'm, or both. I'm not at a point yet, and I'm not really detecting yet uh, where Drew is being shoved down our throats. I feel like the Drew face turn was a little more organic, and we all Drew has a history of te- that exceeds ten years with the company, and uh, and. I feel like that there's enough there for Drew to be successful on his own and not feel like he's being shoved down our throats. I, that's that's where I'm at right now. Six months from now, I could feel completely differently. But that's you, yeah. And that's and you're you're fickle, but not about Drew McIntyre. No. Uh, other people are not so much, and I could see people turning on Drew at some point. That being said, I don't think it's going to be for a while. I think he's going to have a little bit more longevity than say a Seth. But that being said, who takes the title off of Drew Brock Lesnar could come back and do it. Seth uh, later on this year could do it. I'm I'm thinking about who's on Raw and who's in that position. This is a this is a wild outside guess. Jinder Mahal. Yeah. If they 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 seem like they want to be building him up. And I know a lot of people are going to roll their eyes at that. Oh God, Jinder Mahal. If they do a good build on him again and make him seem legitimate, possibly. Looks like they're going to a Lashley feud with McIntyre, which means that they're not going to put it on him because it's a little too soon right. on Lashley, that is. Um, but Lashley's a dude that if they had if they were gonna if they had done this build on Lashley in October of this year, like if this coming October, if they were doing it, I'd be like, dude, they could put this title on Lashley. Yep. So that could come back around later. There are some dudes on Monday Night Raw, I could see it. I could see putting the title on or having them take it off of Drew. But with how strong they're booking him, it's going to take some nefarious shit to do it. Yep. I think it is so, going to be gender. I think gender – the writing on the wall for me right now for my tinfoil Nick booking hat is gender Drew at SummerSlam for the title. Yeah, here's the funny thing, though. I don't know if they look at gender in the same way as like champion material anymore. I know Drew wants to have a feud with him because it's his boy. Yeah. But I have a feeling that Jinder is going to be kind of like what the Bobby Lashley feud is about to be, which is just guy ends up looking strong, but he ain't taking that title. Mm. And Drew's going to do his best to get Jinder over while not giving him the title. Yeah. I'm with you. So, yeah. Thank you very much, Billy. Uh, next up, we got Brian. Uh, Ask us a tricky one. Oh. <laughs> I was Uh-oh. reading through this one right before we got uh, got started. He said, sup, dudes, BWO fam, kind of a multi-tiered sup, sup bro. We, we can't sup. start broing again. People were giving us shit about, we were broing more than Riddle and Matt Russo, or Vince Russo, excuse me. Matt Riddle and oh, Vince Russo. Oh, I'm sorry. Russo. Oh, if, if, if Matt, Matt Riddle Russo. hadn't already, if Matt Russo, damn. <laughs> if Matt Riddle hadn't patented bro, I would say that the Undisputed Era would be the bros. Yeah. Because they're the most broiest bros that they ever bro to bro. Uh, all right, so he has a multi-tier question here, so bear with me as I read through this, guys. Each of you have a chance to sit down with a non-wrestling celebrity of your choosing and have them watch one wrestling promo, one segment, and a match of your choosing. 
while watching all of those, you get to discuss what's happening as a watch-along while having an informal interview on whatever subject you'd like to talk to them about. Who would each of us choose to sit down with? And then what promo segment and match would you choose to show them and watch with them and why? This can be any time period or wrestling promotion. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that's... uh well, that's a brilliant question. Um, really tough. <laughs> the possibilities are enormous. The, my, the question that's popping in my head is like, why would I choose a particular celebrity? And I think that'll lead right. me to a celebrity. Like who's someone? Like a Will? I, I'm I'm drawn to Will Ferrell because of his love of, of like the Cubs and the L.A. Kings. Like he's very visible well, you, and you and out you there. know you know Will Ferrell knows wrestling if you ever watched Eastbound and Down. Sure, because his Ric Flair impression is amazing. Yes. So, you feel it down in your plums. Uh, I think I would choose Will Ferrell. One, it would okay. be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and I have no idea. Actually, uh, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yes, I do. Uh, I would sit down with a... I would want to show him two or three. I got to choose one promo? Really? <laughs> I want to show him uh, late 80s NWA flair promos. I want to show him long blonde hair nature boy. Jet flying, kiss stealing, styling and profiling nature boy. He's gated down. $600 lizard shoes promos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wrestling segment? What do we mean by segment? Like, like. Like like Jr. talking to mankind about how he was raised, or like Katie Vick, or like um, Mark Henry William, and William and, William Re- and Mark, Mark, Mark Henry in, in the in the salmon jacket, yeah. right? Sure, whatever <laughs> segment. <a> segment. <laughs> I like how we both where where we went with that. I went the salmon jacket. You went him and May Young in bed. Right. Okay, I see where yeah, our yeah, priorities yeah. are. Here, yeah, right? yeah, I got you. Yeah, a segment. <laughs> you know what a segment is? I know. I was trying to buy myself time to think. Jesus. All right. Who would you? Who's your non-wrestling celebrity? Oh God, man, I'm still, I'm still <laughs> stuck as hell. <laughs> um. Damn. Uh, so I went, I went a little bit more creative with this. Okay. So because I actually would want to use this as a pitch. Okay. For a, for a movie. So I would actually try to sit down with Steven Soderbergh and show him Hell in a Cell, Mankind Undertaker, and then show him the segment with JR and Mankind, um, and then show him Mick Foley's Cactus Jack Kane Dewey promo from ECW and talk to him about Mick Foley. Wow. Okay. Good. And what a what a absolute what a character he is. And Soderbergh's just the first director that popped into my head who could who could pull off a Mick Foley biopic, but someone like that, someone who can do character stuff, sure, um, stay out of the way of the actors, get good performances, make it feel real. Um. Because I think a Mick Foley biopic would be awesome. Who would play you Mick have Foley? This, oh, man, I, 
dude, I just got to this part. Give me a goddamn break. No, I hadn't cast, gotten to the, cast next the whole thing. film. Start you to finish. Son of a bitch. I'm gonna ask. Stop. I'm gonna ask a F patron you. question. Today. We only we got a ton of questions. So <laughs> I, I don't have time for I this. I know. No, I I, I gave you uh, that is come on. <laughs> I gave you that. Um, yeah. And so that's that. I would I would basically yeah. That's what I would talk to him. Informal discussion on how to make a movie about this guy. But that's that's what I would show him. I'd show him the three faces of Foley segment. I'd show him the Hell in a Cell, and I'd show him Kane Dewey. I would show Ric Flair promos to Will Ferrell. Uh, He's I, seen them. I, well, He's I, seen them. That's I'm, the best I'd part. wanted to have a discussion about it. Like, okay. You know, uh, I'd <laughs> want the match that I would choose would be the retirement match with Shawn Michaels. I'm sorry, I love you. And the segment I'm trying to think of. The segment's tough. How do I find a relatable segment? Maybe the transition of him coming over, crossing the lines. That, but that, I mean, that, I guess that is a segment because it's just a promo. It's him coming out to the ring. The more I think about it, yeah, uh, it, mine would be around Ric Flair with Will Ferrell. I'll say that yours okay. was around Mick Foley with Steven Soderbergh. Yep. All right. Uh, what would your choice of discussion revolve around in besides more wrestling? More Mar- wrestling. Oh, Soderbergh, there's so much. Just movies in general. Character just, development, story, yeah. storytelling, yeah. how storytelling works in, in pro wrestling, stuff sure. like that. Absolutely. The, I, the, I'd I, want to understand what he, what Will takes away from it, what his things are, and then kind of have those same conversations back. The bants that you and I have on, you know, yeah. we have counter opinions on things sometimes. So, yeah. We do? Same kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. no. Yeah. Like Lies. Aliens is not in your top 10 soundtracks of the 80s. Give me a break. Anyway, still thank burned you. over. It's still burned. Yeah, it, what, it, what movie? It still stings. Yeah, yeah. Aliens? Never heard of it. Yeah, I'm breaking up with you. Uh, next up, Brian. Uh, thank you, Brian. Next up, Xander asks, "Hey, fellas, Jericho beat Pineapple Pete in about one minute." <laughs> I walked away and heard the bell ring, missing 30 seconds of the minute minute long match. I felt yep. AEW teased a reason to care about Pineapple Pete. He had a promo to introduce himself and was fighting the first ever AEW champion, but. I didn't feel AEW did enough to give me a reason to care about the match. Didn't let mm. Pineapple Pete get much of any offense or shine in. And then let the inner circle to proceed with a promo that could have been done without Pineapple Pete getting beat in the first place. I'm in favor of jobbers, especially when a top guy needs to look strong. But a one-minute squash for Jericho felt like it was not needed, especially with Jericho's tag match the week prior. Was this a waste of time, or do you consider this a burial? I certainly don't think Suge D thinks it was a waste of time. That dude just got on national TV. Um, in a match with arguably like, the biggest ref- wrestling superstar in the world. With with a guy who's arguably the GOAT. Yep. Um, so I think for him, I don't think he thought it was a waste of time. It's unfortunate, but I also don't think that it would have been realistic if Jericho had put on like that the match that Omega had with the, the enhancement guy from a couple weeks ago. I don't think... That would have been realistic if, if, if Shug D had done that. Could they have given him more to do? Sure. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. They, they could have done more with it. But at the same time, I don't think it's over. I don't think the last chapter has been written on this. So, at least I hope not. If, if I'm wrong, then yes, I will consider it a burial at that point. Yeah. But at this point, I'm like, no, that was a squash. 
but not a burial yet. We are having a stadium stampede match here. Uh, if it is Sunday. a burial for a burial for me, yeah, right. He could he could he could show up in the stadium stampede match and cost Jericho something. It's a great point, Nick. There's still a lot you could do with Pineapple Pete. Um, if he hadn't gotten that promo, if he hadn't been allowed to show his character, if he had just been a dude on the sideline that Jericho like swiped at a couple of times, then brought him in and beat him up, and then that was the last time you saw of him, that would have been a burial. Yeah, absolutely. Because he wouldn't, because he wouldn't have gotten any shine out of it. You know what his shine was? His promo. Yep. The fact that we're all saying Pineapple Pete and know who we're talking about, right? That's more than he was a month ago. That dude now is. We all know Pineapple Pete. If because you watch Lance AEW, Archer you know randomly came out and just be, picked him randomly to punch and beat up. Yeah. On, who was the a, guy that Lance Archer beat up this week that he, that he tossed out in the, in the beginning when he came out? No idea. We have no idea. No idea. That's a burial. But he because because guy. Jericho said, oh, Pineapple Pete just took a shot from Lance Archer on commentary. It blew up from there. I hate that guy. Yeah. Why does Jericho hate Pineapple Pete so much? We don't know, but now we're interested in who the hell Pineapple Pete is. So I... Yeah, I, I I am also disappointed that he didn't get more in that match. But at the same time, I feel like there's more to come. I don't feel like we're done with him yet. It, there's a Jericho would not have spent this much time on the guy. I'd like to think he wouldn't have spent this much time on the guy to just whack him and that's it. And that's yeah. done. I feel like there's something more. Yep. So I hope so. I hope so. I hope it's so basically, no, I'm saying it's not a waste of time. I don't think it's a waste of time. I think there might be more. And I'm not going to say it's a burial yet. Yeah. I, so I hope it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I don't think it's a burial at all. I, I think it's, it's, if anything, it's a big boost. Uh, you just came from a nobody who was standing on the outside who, yes, has been in the Indies for 15 years, has been doing it. Uh, and, and great. There's, th- those are a dime a dozen. There's plenty of people that are out there that have been doing this for 15, 20 years that have never gotten that opportunity to, to, sh- to do that. And, we could sit here and debate all day whether or not it was it was shine or a burial or how much time they got or any of that, but he got time, regardless mm-hmm. of how much it was. Yeah, it was there. So that, I mean, that's what I look at it glass half full. Like, good for him. He got some shine, and I agree with you. I, I think we've got a stadium stampede match coming up. There's going to be some beef there with Jericho. I wouldn't be surprised to see Pineapple Pete come in and sneak up and do something to take Jericho out to help the elite get over that match. That could be. A I mean, really let's fun put it this story. way. Put it this way: Lee Johnson has lost four weeks in a row, and I I still have a hard time remembering his name. Right, right, right. He's lost four weeks in a row and has actually had matches. Yeah. So, so thank you very much, Xander, for the question. I got to get back to a super chat that we missed uh, as we were finishing up Brian's question from Kyle. Five dollars in the super chat. Thank you, sir. He says fantasy comedy movie, the Four Horsemen parody film, Anchorman style. Oh my God! Hang on, hey, wait. Put it. In, in my, my holes. holes. Yes. <laughs> Oli Anderson's the crabby one. Tully Blanchard is like the quiet, deadly one. Arn Anderson's just like kind of the big guy in the background. Yeah. And then Flair just is Flair. Oh, that would. Oh, but it's like a but it's a road movie. Oof. Anchorman, but it's a but it's a but it's a road movie. And they get in yeah. all kinds of wacky situations. It's oh my god. I'm in. Oh, I'm so. I'm Make that movie. Yes. I want it. That one in the yep. WWE Cannonball Run. Oh, damn. That that's that would blow up on the network instantly. Netflix yep. is known for making these sort of viral uh, <laughs> pieces of content, Tiger King and making. Oh, this is Netflix. You're greenlit. Yeah. You know, shit. There you go. I'm out of it. 
Do it. Thank you, Xander uh, and Brian. Next Thank up, Jacob much, and Kyle for the super chat. Uh, next up, Jacob. Hello, guys. Hope all is well. Picking backing off of Brian's question, pick any celebrity and turn them into a wrestler. Give them a gimmick, theme song, and finishing move, and name the move. Uh, as always, keep up the good work. Thank you, Jacob. Uh, all right, so let's just take our our people that we just picked and make them actual wrestlers. So I'll take Will Ferrell and I'll make him a wrestler. <laughs> What? Um, you don't have to do Soderbergh if you don't want to. That, but I'm. Gonna, oh, I'm not going to do Soderbergh. I I know what I'm going to do for this. Yeah, I'm going to do. Uh, so I'll I'll stick with Farrell. Um, give him a get. Uh, you go ahead if you know what you're going to do because I need to think about this for a minute. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just had like I had an idea, <laughs> and I've got, I got to no, I got it. I'm just going to flesh it out. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm basically going to flesh it out while I talk about it. Uh, so I'm going to take one of my most hated celebrities, Kim Kardashian, and turn her into a wrestler. A la Eva Marie. Oh boy. Um, and I basically, so her gimmick's gonna basically be like an Eva Marie. Um, theme song. I theme song. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the the Mike and Maria Canellas theme songs is just the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, her finishing move could be the Kardashian Bash. Um. And her whole gimmick could be that she's the worst wrestler in the world. Um, or no, <laughs> yeah. And the the whole point of her existence would be to just make us all want to kill ourselves. Basically, uh, so basically what I just said is Eva Marie, so but she's Eva Kim Kardashian. Eva Marie, but as a brunette. Eva Marie, but she's Kim Kardashian. Yeah. That's not very exciting, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> or... Or I could have her be kind of like Scarlet with uh, with uh, kill, uh, carrying cross right now, where she's literally the harbinger of the apocalypse. And like when she shows up, you know that everything's just going to end because it can't get worse. Okay, are you ready for this? This Come is on. this is treading into this is taking a big giant leap into uh, Nick booking territory. Will Ferrell is introduced as Buddy the Elf. And he plays the gimmick of Bloody Buddy the Elf from the Elf, but for some reason cannot be beaten. He finds, so like, he so, finds ways to just haphazardly win. So just, Eugene. What's that? But he, well, kind of like Eugene. He's Eugene! Said, oh, he's God, Eugene. yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Will Ferrell, but he's Eugene. I didn't put that together. Yes, totally. Yes, as, as Elf, as Buddy the Elf. <laughs> And he hangs out with a new day and eats pancakes and syrup. And okay, his man, his manager has to be Bob Backlund. I'm throwing this in here right now. All right, his manager has to be sure. Bob Backlund. Sure. Buddy the Elf is is the wrestler, and for some reason nobody can beat him. <laughs> and he and he almost he and he's sorry. He apologizes. Right, that's his whole thing. Like he just oh I I'm don't sorry. Know. I don't know why you're screaming. Yes. I'm just holding your leg. Yes. Sorry. Are you okay? Uh, yeah. I love you. It would be ridiculous. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be in for that. <laughs> I'll put in a good word with Santa for you. Yeah. Eugene. I'm down. Uh, yeah, I'm down. I'm good. Thank you, Eugene Jacob. Neal. That's a good one. That was fun. <laughs> Uh, next up, Dubstep Rob is in the house. What's up, Dubstep Rob? We're calling Dubstep Rob because he was our 50th patron, which led to the Nia Jax Dubstep song that all of you patrons 
got to hear when we hit 50 patrons. <laughs> he is our 50th patron. Mm. Dubstep Rob asks, hey, guys, easy one this week. What the hell happened to Shelton Benjamin? Benjamin. I'm a fan. How about putting him into MVP stable? I see some sort of Godfather gimmick there. I think Sheldon needs a mouthpiece. Not that he's not a good promo, just not charismatic enough. So book me some Shelton Benjamin. Thanks Benjamin. for all of it, Dubstep Rob. Mm. I'm not mad at that at all. Mm-mm. The more uh, Shelton is massively, massively underutilized massively the fact that he wasn't released during this last purge is shocking to me and i did because they don't use him they never use him and he's amazing minnesota wrecking crew come on how do they uh, yes put him with mvp get the him hell on TV. are they Have putting in the, the water in minnesota by the way <laughs> friggin wrestlers steroids <laughs> uh i don't know man but it's yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind him I, right now. I I shook my head for a second there because I thought you said MJF. Uh, him and MJF st- stable would be weird. Not bad, but weird. MVPs make sense. Yeah. Um, would not be mad at that. But just, I mean, uh, goddamn anything, anything. Him and him and Lashley as a tag team would be awesome. Um, anything for that dude. But yeah, I, I have no idea why they don't utilize him more. They brought him back. They pulled him out of, of a career, international career that he was having. And I don't know if he's hanging comfy, if he's helping train, if what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. Mm, I just had a thought but, that I was a little scared. I'm scaring myself a little bit. Let's say in some distant universe, they flip the Street Profits. And you have a, a all-African-American stable with Bobby Lashley as the big heavy, Shelton Benjamin... As the, um, not not take don't take it as far as Nation of Domination or anything like like that, but Shelton Benjamin is your sort of mid tier U.S. champion Intercontinental champion contender. Then you have a tag team that could okay. be good. That could be very good, and you just have to really build Bobby Lashley to be that big figurehead. The, the unstoppable monster. It seems like they're working on doing they're that. They're turning that towards that, yeah. Yeah. So, wow. I Yeah. I more I think of that, the more it really works. Dubstep, Rob. I, I would love to see Shelton with MVP, or anyone for that matter, that could uh, be a good mouthpiece for him. Because I agree with you. It's, it's, it's almost disgusting how talented he is uh, and how it's not been taken advantage of. And, yeah, he's been around for a long time. But you, you can you repackage everybody, people every six months. So you can you could find a way they, to put him over. Uh, do you could have you could have him build up to be a world ender within three months? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, mm. but uh, yeah, no, great question. Great we, question. We love, love us some Shelton. Shelton, Benjamin. Benjamin. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Uh, next up, Sean Clark, the innovator of the mop, the mop man, mop man, the mop man. With the wild card 2.0, do you think we're moving towards no more brand split? I do. I didn't think it would, but I heard executives were the ones pushing for the crossover. Talent-wise, it would help a lot, but I don't trust them to showcase everyone in a way that's cohesive over one night, let alone two. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are they do this every time they're worried about ratings. 
it's just what they do. They yeah. they in, they try to inject big stars on other shows, create unpredictability. Hey, your favorites might be on the other show. Um, so I don't think that they're moving towards a brand split per se, or no brand split. I think they're just trying to inject, trying to trying to to goose their ratings, and it's frankly to me, it's a cheap way of doing so. Yep. Um, so it's and it satisf- satisfies executives without compromising their talent pool because right now even you know with the size of their roster no brand split is just going to screw all the people in the low mid card yeah and i'm sure fox and usa have something to say about that as well between the two well, shows well they they right? just want ratings they want ratings i understand that's it and and if, they, if you go look at the formula you know putting stone cold and the rock and dx aside is over as hyped as they were the way that they did it was they had two shows and they just put all the top people on both shows. And shortly after they instituted the wild card last year, that's exactly what happened. All the top yeah, people just, just kept showing up on both shows. And it's exactly what's going to happen here. We're already seeing it with Charlotte. You're going to see well, it with others. It's just going to kind of start to blur and blend they've together. Said, they've said only four times a year, though, Nick. Only four times a year. It'll be fine. Sure. It'll be fine. Uh. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Killer B Rye with a $7 super chat says Bianca Belair would also be a great wrestler slash ringside figure in the MVP stable. I'm assuming you mean. Yes, I agree with that. Thank you for the nudge. Uh, I, I should have put a woman in there as well uh, for the women's division. But yes, absolutely. And yeah. frankly, she could be one of the pivot points to get the Street Profits flipped. So, I mean, you got a bunch of big jack dudes in this thing, and she's basically the big jack chick who they are all kind of intimidated by. I could be down with that you too. You got the flyers with the profits. Yeah, man. I, I listen. Normally, a lot of times we say they listen and we joke around, but I hope you're listening to that one because that would be fantastic. Or you have them. I mean, they're kind of floundering right now. What if you have Zelina and her posse? You know, Listen Gobernabla's come in and join MVP, and they have like a you know, like a, a stable come together and join meld wouldn't be mad at it i'm just saying yep you want some flyers yeah so. definitely mm. thank you very much uh sean that was a good one uh next up brandon asks who are the best pure wrestlers in each era of wwe golden era you got macho man and harley Steamboat. race bob backland uh, backland the era before that yeah. yeah um 90s bret hart Shawn michaels um, Mr. Perfect, and then 2000s Kurt Angle, Benoit, Eddie, yep, Malenko, Malenko. for the brief time he was there. But Malenko is mostly WCW. He didn't really have a career in WWF that much. Um, and then Ots. I mean, you got a ton of them. Yep. But I'd say probably at the forefront, you know, Daniel Bryan, and then later AJ. Um, but but well, Brock. If he wants to, yeah. Um, I'll say Daniel Bryan at the forefront of that for sure. Yep. So, so you said the aughts. Yeah. You're talking about the 2010s. 2010s for the for those guys. Yeah. yeah the aughts was that's what I was saying was like Kurt Angle for the time he was still there, and then Benoit, um, Gulak Eddie. in the 2010s. We we well, did, now, that's why we, we were, were so hyped about I, the, the Daniel Bryan Gulak match this week because those are two of the the best pure wrestlers in WWE right now. So. As far as like pure, yeah, yeah, yeah like like dudes just love to get down the mat and just tussle. Shelton, I mean, we just talked about Shelton from the front. You know, he they, he was barely utilized back in the day. Yep, but that dude is just a monster. 
Um, I see people saying Riddle in the uh, in the chat, and I'm just like, well, he's more. I, I see him more as a MMA guy. He's crossover. Yeah, he's yeah, a bit of a crossover. He's, come over, he's, but, he's really good, but he's but that's why they have him mostly do striking. I'd say the same about uh, Core. Kylo, Kylo, Kylo Riley. Riley. Yeah. He's more. He's also more of a striker. Um, I'm trying to very think of good like proper does, does, catches. You know. catch. Uh, Pete Dunn, I would put in there. Catches, catch can kind of style. Well, of wrestling. all of those. Those British, there's been such yeah, a huge resurgence in that British style yeah. wrestling. Um, I mean, Kushida, if you really want to throw it down, that guy is, can do anything. You know, he's 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 about as technically sound as you can get as a wrestler. William Regal, you could also throw in there. That guy is about as technically sound as you get in a wrestler. Brian and, you know, you had him doesn't in a get enough love, I think. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of folks going on right now. I'd be curious to know uh, what you were after there, Brandon. Is Are you looking for some matches or some wrestlers to go watch let us know yeah. um uh, there's plenty 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 and it's there they, they, we've only gotten more pure wrestling the longer we've gone if that makes sense it, it's yeah only, not, it, not, only, we're only we're bringing in more and more actual wrestling talents uh, i don't know they're, they're still they're defining them a little bit more where like you've got your brawlers you've got your ziggler i'm sorry i forgot about dolph ziggler ziggler i, I can't believe yes. that one wasn't top of mind for me ziggler definitely Wow, yeah, for sure. Oh, um, yeah. Do you have some more? Uh, no. Yeah. Ziggler <laughs> was my, my piece de resistance there. That's it, He's yeah, probably sure. working currently. Daniel Bryan, Drew Gulak, Dolph Ziggler. You could loosely AJ. throw Block, Bro- AJ. Block, Brock in there. People, AJ that, have, people that have wrestling backgrounds. Right? AJ, of course. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, let us know if you were looking for specific matches or anything like that. Uh, next up, Mark asks, Hello, gentlemen. First, just wanted to say thank you for providing great positive content weekly during these strange times. Your podcast is thank the you. only one I look forward to. Thank you, Mark. That's Thank you, brother. Thank you very much. Man. In the fields. Mm. Uh, hope both of you and your loved ones are doing well. Uh, my question for you this week is, which past superstars do you think would have benefited from the current NXT model and product? WWE has seen plenty of superstars that mm. either float around with nothing to do or get strapped with a gimmick that isn't fully fleshed out. NXT, for the most part, does a great job of addressing both of these issues. Again, which past superstars would have benefited from the NXT system? Okay, so this is interesting because I don't think that they necessarily fixed the floating around with nothing to do or get strapped with a gimmick that isn't fully fleshed out. Because we've seen a lot of that, even with the NXT model. As guys get called up too soon, like Apollo Crews. Uh, or Dana Brooke, or or honestly Lacey Evans a little bit because she could have used a little bit more polishing. Sure, had had the gimmick, but needed more polishing in terms of of her in ring stuff. Um, you still have people that come up and then just poof, ascension, right? Huge in NXT, had a gimmick, had everything, came up to the main roster, poof, sanity. So I don't know that it would have fit. Like I look back at like a Paul London or Evan Bourne or a Brian Kendrick. Um, and say like, or or, or even like a, a Victor Kozlov, and say like, would they have benefited from being in NXT? The only thing that I think they would have benefited from is if they had been in NXT and not gone to the main roster and could have gotten over there and been a talent there because that would have been more of their speed and NXT is pretty good at taking talents like that and doing something with them. The other thing that NXT is, is a place for to transition in um, not just to build up your own talent, but to transition in indie guys. And that has become something where back in the day, you'd go around and, and do stuff so much, you'd, you'd go to different territories and everything. When you came to the WWE, 
your shit was set. Like you knew what you were, you knew what you did, right? Whereas now WWE wants you, they're much more specific about how they want you to perform. Right. Um, and it's not just sink or swim. So NXT offers kind of a transitional moment for that. And if you come in and you get it right away and you're an indie guy who just, boom, automatically gets it, they'll, they'll fast track you like a Kevin Owens where Rick, he just, he just got it. Ricochet. He just got it. Well, he'd been on, he'd been on Lucha Underground. So he, sure. he was kind of getting, he was used to that, the filming kind of stuff. But, um, that I would have been pro to provide another venue for guys who didn't get a fair store, who were talented, but just got overlooked. So them being on NXT would have been great for them, but I don't think it might, it would have necessarily improved their main roster runs. Okay. If that makes sense. No, I, I agree with you. Um, we had a little bit of a blip there, but it looks like we're back. Uh-oh. Yep. All right. All good. Um, I, I agree. Uh, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that wasn't... What I'm trying to figure out is what were people uh, that... What were people that had potential but didn't find success and was the reason that they didn't find success was because they didn't have NXT? That's hard to do. It's hard to take someone who was overshadowed by larger, bigger talents uh, for whatever reason and say that if you had dropped them into NXT that, oh, that would have fixed the problem and they would have been super well, successful. I'm, I'm having trouble doing that with, here's a, great uh, with example. a lot of people. Let's look at, let's look at the, the short, awful time that they had ECW as a third brand. Right. And how did that work out for people? Not well. Not well. I mean, the, the problem is they did populate it with a bunch of their kind of secondary superstars. Um, and the actual ECW guys got second, third, fourth, or fifth shrift. Um, so it wasn't exactly apples for apples like NXT, but it's a, it's a third brand. And they could have done something different with it, and it just became WWE, you know, stupid. I was yeah. going to say WWE light, but it was just WWE stupid. Um, so, yeah, it's... I don't know. It's, it is a different world now. Um, but I guess, I guess, yeah, the, the point I wanted to make was I don't think that that would, that NXT doesn't necessarily save people from the stuff that he's mentioning. Right. Um, all it does is give a venue where these people, these guys can do that kind of indie wrestling that you otherwise would not see in WWE. Would Bray Wyatt still be Bray Wyatt if he hadn't gone through the NXT system? I don't know. Would Roman Reigns be Roman Reigns if he hadn't got through the NXT system? There's a guy they built Would up. Would we have ever gotten the Shield? We had OVW. The only difference is NXT is just much slicker. Oh yeah, you know, a lot more money being invested in that, and a lot better system. Yeah. So you know, we had all of those guys from OVW, like the the big class from OVW. You know, John Cena, Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar, Batista, like those, like the big dudes that came out of OVW. They held the company down for ten years. It's great to have Smiley. It's great to have Dusty Rhodes and giving you guidance. But really, it's just like anything else. Whether you're doing it on the main roster or whether you're doing it at NXT, it's reps. How much stick time do you get doing something? How many times do you get to do it to hone what it is that you're doing? And does NXT afford people that? Yes. Before NXT, you, had to, you basically had a sink or swim where they just threw you in the deep end. And you either did it or you didn't. 
And I think just the ability to go somewhere else, and, and normally that where you would do that in the indies. That's where you would get your reps. But I think the fine-tuning and the preparation for primetime television and big, large, three-hour-plus shows and giant pay-per-views, that you're, just, you're never going to get that experience. It's just going to come from reps. You're either ready or you're not. And it's one of those things where if you're not ready, you can do these reps, get comfortable, build callus, do all of these things, and just get used to performing. Because that's mm-hmm. what it is. It's performing. Yeah. We well, didn't really find our groove with this West show. developmental. We didn't developmental. really find our groove with this show here until at least a year in. Oh, come on. I was perfect from day one. That, that's, I that's, knew exactly that's what I was true. doing. That's true. You were pretty good. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> when we were live streaming starting last summer, a year ago, trying to do it with two laptops, thinking that I could pull it off, and it, it was awful. It was terrible. It was cute. It was a good time. Now look at us. I don't, I don't even know who we are <laughs> yeah, <okay>. anymore. <laughs> this show is unrecognizable from a year ago. Well, Except for our voices. <laughs> Great question, Mark. Thank you very much. Uh, I love talking about uh, coaching, developmental, things like that, regardless of whether it's sports or in the workplace or any of that kind of stuff. It's one of my favorite topics. Uh, Next up, Kyle asks, before I get the question, I have a dramatic lead-in for it, if Mm. you'll indulge me. Of course. Nick, this is your your jam right here. Get dramatic. It's the night after SummerSlam, and crowds are allowed back into arenas. It's time for Monday Night Raw to start in San Antonio. But instead of the usual fireworks and skillet song playing, fans are greeted to a distinct but long silent tune and are in shock as a colorful El Camino with heavily tinted windows drives out on stage. What? A man with distinct hair and wearing flamed (laughs) detailed pants steps out of the truck and the crowd goes from stunted silence to deafening roar. The man gets into the ring, grabs a microphone and says, Remember that time I said I died? I lied. Eddie Guerrero, like a ghost, is back from the dead and is in the best shape of his life as it seems he hasn't (laughs) aged a day. He has told WWE he plans to wrestle one last year before retiring, and he asks that you book his final year beginning to end. What does this impossible last year look like with the current roster? Who does he feud with during this time? What are the storylines you do, and how do you put the final bow on Eddie Guerrero's career at the following SummerSlam? My goodness, that was very dramatic, Nick. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I think uh, yeah, that's very, very <clears throat> dramatic. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I don't know if you how you're going to have an Eddie feud with Sasha Banks wrapped around his leg like a like a little girl, like a daughter wrapped around her daddy's leg, like being carried on his foot, because that's what she would do. Yeah. Is just hang on, Eddie. <laughs> like I'm never letting you go again. Um. Interesting. Interesting. Eddie Guerrero transplanted into the modern era. He's got one year before he's, before he, you know, it's, that's, that's a movie, isn't it? Like you get one, one year, you have like a limited amount of time to do things. Joe versus the volcano. I don't know. (laughs) Eddie versus the volcano. Uh, uh, Book Eddie's last year. Well, Jesus Christ. Dominic. It's gotta be Dominic. Oh, shut up. No, Nick, (laughs) get the, Yes! Oh my God! You know I'm right. You're fired. Of all the people, you want him to feud with Dominic Mysterio. You want you want the uh, I'm back for Dominic. 
Yeah, I know I said I died, but I lied. I'm back for Ray, Ray's kid. He's not Ray's kid. He's my kid. I'm back for so him. So if he's bringing the yeah. uh, if he's bringing the El Camino back, is it still Viva La Raza? Are we still getting? I don't care if Eddie's back. I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I just agree. whatever I agree. whatever version of Eddie. I want, uh, Eddie versus AJ Styles. Just put it in Eddie my versus eye AJ holes. Styles. Eddie versus yeah. Daniel Bryan. Just, Eddie versus Seth Rollins. Eddie versus Drew McIntyre. Eddie versus Brock Lesnar again. Uh, you know, modern Brock, Eddie versus Matt Riddle. I don't give a crap. Eddie versus yeah. everyone. Eddie versus Edge. Whatever. Everybody. Everyone. Every. Everyone. <laughs> Gary Oldman from The Professional. Everyone. Yes. Holy crap. Um. Jesus. I. How do you have a final bow on an Eddie Guerrero career? Dude, after a year, that's the hardest part of this question. What does he do? Oh, everything. Just have him do everything. Just, like, <laughs> like on the level, like if Edge weren't injured and he did a retirement nine years ago and then he came back and then he went on a run, it's, I'm thinking it's kind of like what I would want yeah. Eddie to do. I want him to well, go. I don't want him to go be rated RKO with Randy Orton. I want him to go face all. I want to go have all the dream matches right. while we've got him. So if we've got Eddie Guerrero sure. for a year, he's the champ. But line him up, fight everybody. But then by extension, how do you have <laughs> Edge re-retire now? How do you have Edge go? That's my last match. You know uh, what I mean? Like I can't even think of that at this point. And that's a realistic. That's a realistic thing. Is how do you think of Edge ending? How do you think of Eddie ending? Uh, bruh. Dude, bro. I mean, do, do he and <laughs> do he do he and Ray retire each other? Oh man. Like a like a they it's a retirement match, loser retires and they fight to a draw. I don't know. Uh, like is it uh, is it another Michael's flair? I'm sorry, I love you, and they get up hugging uh, and handshaking. Uh, oh fuck. Okay. I I'm gonna yeah. get emotional if I start going down this path. That would be it. Holy it would be shit. The, the final the final match would have to be Ray and Eddie. Yeah. Easily, and I like the I like the idea of like that. Yeah, I'm sorry, I love you. Like Ray's gonna keep going, and Eddie's gotta go, and he's gotta go back to the you know take the El Camino back to the the great pueblo in the sky, and oh, uh, oh man, you know Ray, Ray has to say goodbye to his friend again. Uh, super chat from Esme says five bucks. That reading needs a tip. <laughs> Thank you. <Ed. laughs> One take voiceover, folks. That's how we do it right yeah. here. Okay. Uh, also, uh, Jay, D Dynamic Jay says, uh, I have always been an audio-only listener since day one. You guys always sounded good to me. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Uh, it's a lot of lot of research, a lot of many, many years of failing that led to getting the audio dialed in just right. Uh, and it, it paid off in a big way when we got to um, uh, doing the live streaming stuff because then I had to figure out how to translate that into not something that I could apply after the fact, but something that I could do live. Right, Kyle just said, "I'm your poppy in the chat," and it made me think, "What if they had oh. a, a Eddie is actually the father of Angel Garza, Andrade, and Umberto Carrillo? They're all actually brothers, and their mothers lied to them, and we have like a whole Kurt Angle, Jason Jordan angle with Eddie Guerrero. It'd be the worst thing ever." And Vicky Carrero comes back, and it yes. reunites the feud or the uh, the love interest from Edge, and it starts that whole thing back <laughs> up again. Oh my God, my head just exploded! Oh, Vicky Guerrero and Edge, their whole thing. And Eddie's yes. like, what were you doing to my wife, man? I'll kill you. Edge, I need you to know something, man. Lita's pissed. Beth is you. pissed. Matt Hardy comes Everybody's back for pissed. vengeance. And the, 
Oh, we're doing ruthless aggression all over again. <laughs> and then Sin Cara unmasks his, and it's Dominic Mysterio because God hates us all. Wow. Yes. God, See, I knew oh, you would come around. One kill day. me. No, I'm being sarcastic. Yes. I'm not coming. No. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kyle. That was a lot of fun. Uh, next up, Esme asks. Uh, Booby champ. In a, in a, in a high pitched Appalachian version of North Carolina accent. That's what it sounds like, by the way. It's almost like Tennessee, except it's not quite. Yeah. It's not quite as dirt. fast. Dirt, a little dirt, bit. Dirt. Tennessee, they talk real fast, kind of like Texas. That, that was like a that was like a auctioneer there for a second. Yeah, exactly. She's trying to undo the damage of me saying hello, Papa Papa's in a right. horrible, yes. horrible English accent. Our, our British, our British contingent, we're not happy with having an awful Cockney accent every week no. coming from Nick. Uh, I promise to go watch uh, a lot of East End, uh, Eastenders. Yeah, East End Cockney gangster movies. Oh God! Uh, it just, oh, it just God. makes just me go. want to say the c word a lot because you guys have some colorful <laughs> language. If, if I do go say watch something Snat- myself, go watch Snatch a few times. Right. It's, I'm not even gonna do it. She said. Don't. So no one now, no one likes seeing wrestlers get hurt, botch, or have an oopsie in the ring. However, you can't help but admire something like Pac popping his knuckle back in during a match. What's your favorite mm-hmm. moment, such as this? Hush puppies, whole hog, and cherry wine. North Hush Carolina puppies, whole hog, life. cherry wine, North Carolina for life. Woo! Yep. What, right? Am I wrong? She's thinking of no? cheer wine, not cherry wine. Oh, cheer wine. Cheer wine. <laughs> okay. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Uh, most Close. badass. Andrew, dude, I've got to go with Triple H snapping his quads and still taking a, a, a Walls of Jericho on the uh, announce desk. That's gnarly. Yeah. That's gnarly. Um, hmm. <laughs> I'd say Sid, but he didn't finish the match. <laughs> What's your favorite uh, moment where someone get gets hurt but continues wrestling? Um, I mean, Jesus, one the, hell the, in a cell. recency bias, but uh, Drew blowing his bicep out and still finishing the match to lay down for Andrade, which then, I, yeah. Finn popping his shoulder out from Seth and, and uh, finishing that match. And well, still, not, able, not even able to hold up the title. And if you watch the thing, it's like he when he held the title up, he did it with the wrong the injured shoulder. Crunch, 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 crunch as he lifted the title up, and he still did it. Walked all the way to the back. Man, it's absolute warriors, some of these guys. I've slid into a base playing baseball and popped my pinky out and basically just, I was- and just had to... And just pop it right back into place. It's uh, disgusting. You, you, yeah, you weren't. You didn't sin car it and just be like, I can't do the match anymore. My fingers out. Exactly. I didn't. Um, I didn't. I, I didn't have a hangnail you. like MJF and not be able to compete. <laughs> um, I I was actually there live when uh, Hiromu Takahashi broke his neck when Dragon Lee oh. gave him that. You know, broke his neck accidentally. Takahashi finished that damn match, broken freaking neck, and he finished the match and walked to the back. And he was walking kind of stiff and weird, and like we were like, well, that's kind of. We didn't even celebrate winning the match. He's kind of left. Yeah. But we didn't know he was hurt until after the show, and we heard he got taken to the hospital. Like we didn't know because he finished the damn match with a broken freaking neck. Uh, Kurt Angle um, was he was messed up in that match with uh, Shane O'Mac. What King? It, was, it wasn't King of the Ring. It was uh, 
Was it King of the Ring? Shim and Shane O'Mac in the street fight? I don't remember. I was, was thinking no I was I was thinking about watching the Undertaker yeah. Last Ride episode again. Um and all of the times that like that when he the the Brock Lesnar match at Mania where the streak got broken and he says, I don't remember when I got concussed. But he right. somehow still finished and, the whole uh, match that ended his WrestleMania streak of twenty plus years. Kyle mentioned him getting secondary burns from Pyro and just and finishing his Elimination Chamber match, covering you know pouring water in himself. Yep, that was a good one. Mm. King, it was King of the Ring. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, yeah. I'm not crazy. No, <laughs> losing it. Thank you very much, Jesme. That was a good one. Uh, next up, Jesse yes. asks, uh, "You are Tony Khan, and the Warner executives have approached you with an idea. They want to feature an AEW star in a movie remake to start production this year." Would you rather cast Jake Roberts as Kevin Spacey in a remake of Seven? Ooh. Hello. Darby Allen or Sammy Guevara and Nyla Rose as Riggs and Murtaugh in a remake of Lethal Weapon or John Moxley as the Joker in The Dark Knight? Which would you choose and why? Hmm. I would love to see Jake Roberts as a serial I'm killer in say, a thriller that's the movie. That's the standout one for me. Wow. That's the standout one for me. Him him delivering, because the thing, first of all, Seven's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. And I I think it's one of those movies that, like, it's about as near to perfect as you get. Yeah. Um, except for some of Brad Pitt's later line readings in the movie. <clears throat> um, it's nearly perfect. The script. That movie's script is unbelievably good. Yeah. There is so much going on there in that script, and there's so many little things, so many little nuances, and so mm, it's just it's like steak. Um, some of those Morgan and I, I remember, monologues that he would do in that movie are just well, legendary. Oh my god! Well, the Kevin Spacey's monologue in the back of the cop car, oh. right? That when he, I remember that year, and this is it was so long ago. I watched MTV. Um, Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey won best villain. And he said, you know, he thanked the screenwriter. He's like, this is just, I just read the lines. You give Jake Roberts those lines. I mean, I don't know. I, Cause the thing about Kevin Spacey's character is you had to see that he was well, I'm, Here we go on the, here we go on the movie critique. You had to see that he you was damaged. He was emotionally, <laughs> <laughs> he was emotionally compromised. Right. You know, and in the back, they're trying they're trying to break him in that scene. I don't know if because Jake's whole thing was never showing emotion, right? He was always very cold. He was always he never showed weakness. And that's why the documentary about him was so jarring was you found out that in real life, he's a pretty broken dude um, with a lot of uh, deep seated problems. And some of them have to do with, you know, self-control and confidence and that sort of thing. I don't know if as an actor he'd be able to show that, which Kevin Spacey did. And Kevin Spacey may be a horrible human being, but he's a goddamn brilliant actor. But of these, I would be most interested to see Jake do that role. I think he could kill it. I agree. And a lot of that has to do with um, Lethal Weapon is Sacred. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. You don't touch. You don't touch that one. Seven is Sacred. Come on, man. And, and and Heath Ledger Joker is sacred. I'm not touching the Dark Knight. 
I now if you had John Moxley as Riggs, if you had oh, I could totally you'd have, see you'd have my attention there because he's kind of already that Riggs character. Not the he's not the Joker. I would say that that Darby Allen is closer to the Joker, but he's closer. Yeah, he's closer to the Joker. He's somewhere between Jared Leto, <laughs> terrible Joker, and uh, Heath Ledger. Yeah, but you give me John Moxley, and uh, John Moxley as Riggs, and Farouk as Murtaugh. Shit, Riggs, shit, Riggs, shit. That's all Lethal Weapon 2 was. I'm getting too old for this. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. Now you're talking. Yeah. Thank you very much, Jesse. And heads up, we'll be in touch in the next couple of days to uh, work on your segment. Yes. Uh, for, for the next couple of weeks. Uh, next up, Josh asks, we all know during the late 90s and early 2000s, wrestling was very sex-driven. Who was your no. wrestling crush during the time? And if it wasn't Lita, why are you wrong? <laughs> May Young. No. Um, well, yeah, Lita. Uh, Stacy Keebler. Lita definitely got to throw up there for sure. But mine's Stacy. Um, Stacy Keebler. It's Stacy Keebler. Yeah, there's Stacy Keebler. Trish is a very close second, and but I mean she's also everybody's. But yeah, it was I, it I, was. It was it was Lita was up there, but but I I Stacy was just so far so, sta- number one by a long shot. I mean I understand Tori and Victoria, and uh, Sable uh, a lot of them. There's, mm-hmm. There was a lot yeah. of, but nobody came out there like Stacy yeah. Keebler did yeah. and just gave zero Fs and did did her thing. Yeah, the the special lady in my life will tell you I do like me some long legs, and that lady was basically just long legs. Yeah. So she was a pair of legs. She was a pair of legs. Yep. George Clooney, you bastard. Right. So yes, there you go. But hey. but Lita, Lita, definitely. Yeah, Lita was fantastic, good. and and also she could actually freaking wrestle. Right. So. Thank you very much, Josh. Uh, finally, last but oh, I think we got one more. I just got to refresh my page, but I'll do that in a second. Okay. Uh, my all Gator right. guy, Derek, asks, "Howdy, gentlemen. Hope all is well with you both. Thank you as always for everything you do for this community. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Derek. Thank you, Ver. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. Now hmm. for hmm. a serious. <laughs> He's pulling a Lance Storm on me here. If I can be serious for a minute, uh, <laughs> serious question for Nick. How'd you like the video of Naya pretending to be a motorcycle for Renee? Oh. Derek. Oh. <laughs> Derek, Derek, Derek. You heard him, and I love it. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll wait for your response. Love yeah. you guys, and stay phenomenal well, until next time. Um, I, th- you, I thought it was awful. <laughs> thought it was absolutely no. awful. Uh, no. It's interesting that to see Renee doing backstage interviewing again, and I'm wondering if it's – Instead of like a, the typical Kayla or one of the other ladies right. that would do that, or Charlie or whatever, um, and I'm wondering if it has to do with Moxley sneaking onto backstage on Fox when she was doing no. the show. That's that is no, that's crazy speculation. A conspiracy theory there for you. I think they just have let they have less people available to do that kind of stuff. She's available. They're in Florida. Okay. Why not? All right. Sure. Thank you, Sorry. Derek. Uh, how did I feel about it? I absolutely hated it. I thought it was silly, but I know that they're <laughs> they're friends IRL, so you know what are you going to do? They're going to do stuff on social media like that when they're bored backstage and have 
nothing better to do because nobody wants to book Naya into anything, and I'm happy about that. So if I'm going to give you a glass-half-full, skeptically optimistic perspective, the reason they're able to do that stuff is because she's not busy in the ring. There you go. Uh, last but certainly not least, Marshall mm. says, uh, snuck one in here on us, uh, says, what is the next step for AJ Styles? I feel like he was kicked in the gut after the release of the Good Brothers, and it seems like he was completely blindsided by this. His continued feud with The Undertaker will definitely elevate his legacy and hope they tie their wagon to him before his time is up. Thank you all. Thanks thanks for all you guys do. Thank you, Marshall. It's funny. He says, I, th- I hope they'll tie their wagon to him. I feel like they're going to keep him being a big guy, but I feel like that year where he was champ for pretty much the entire year, that was his last big year of being the guy. Yeah. I feel like he's a little older. He, that's that's a. He's in his forties now, brutal, right? Forty-five. Yeah, like it's that? A, it's. A, oh, I don't think no, he's not forty-five. But it's a, that's a brutal grind to be the guy in WWE, and I think I feel like AJ doesn't want to do that anymore. You might see a mid-card championship for him. You might see some big feuds for him. But I think he's done being. He might even be champ again, but it's not going to be a big run like it was then. Um. Honestly. Like wouldn't like I I don't think they'll do it because of the raw SmackDown thing, but if he were to become Intercontinental Champ, that wouldn't surprise me. I think there's more to do with the Undertaker. There's more. There's definitely. They seem like they're hinting at something unfinished there. Yep. And that's a good feud for AJ at this point. Sure. Um, and it's a good feud for Taker because AJ will make him look like a million bucks. It's actually one of the things I forget who told was it Pritchard or who told Taker when Taker was thinking about opponents and names were coming up and someone said AJ Styles and they were like, Taker, if you face AJ, he will make you look great. If you're worried about looking good, work with AJ because he'll make you look amazing. Yep. So if you're looking at a, a, some guy to you know be a part of the last ride, that's a damn good option. Um, aside from that, though, like they do have to be careful. He's got a few more years on his contract, but... You know they they've got to keep AJ happy because there's a guy who could get top dollar no matter where he goes, and even if he goes and works a part time schedule over in AEW and doesn't you know isn't their top guy but is a big deal over there, AEW will throw money at him. Yep. If his contract comes up and WWE doesn't make him happy, New Japan might too. I don't think he wants to go to Japan now with the family, but no. Still, you know, um, I think WWE is very comfortable for him, so I don't really think he would jump at leaving them and his displeasure with them could lead him to do like a Randy Orton where he teases going somewhere else and gets a bigger contract down the road. He's also lucky that he's going to, his contract's going to come up at a time where he's going to be able to negotiate because the crowds will be back. Right. Allegedly, so maybe so probably hope and by two, two years, three years from now. Oh yeah. Definitely. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. So what's next for AJ Upper mid-card stuff, I think. It wouldn't surprise me if at some point Andrade drops that title to a face or AJ takes it off of Andrade suddenly and you have AJ as your U.S. champ again. Yeah. So. I wouldn't be mad at that. I'd love to see... So, riding on the Taker thing, signing the 15-year contract, I would love to see Taker go and work with someone like an Aleister Black or someone that needs that sort of fantasy mystique just needs that rub some not manage them as a vis, as a management relationship but produce them work with them build their charisma build their mystique cut promos for them 
to tell their story, to build their stature, something like that. Uh, yeah, I started something in the chat. I said, I Gail Kim, I'd love to see the dream match of Gail Kim versus Asuka. I see a lot of that going off. I think we said that yeah, yeah a while ago. But um, I know, I, uh, actually, Killer B Rise said in the chat. Yep. Yep. That's that sounds that sound that 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 clicked for me. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, 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 right. They're both on Raw. Edge and AJ had a little bit of work at the Royal Rumble. That's mm-hmm. Ding. Got it. Well, there we go, guys. There are our, all of our patron mailbag questions for today. Thank you guys for hanging out with mm-hmm. us. Uh, if you guys would like to get your questions in every single week for just $5 a month, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those reward tiers. You also get access to the Patron Pick'em's Challenge. We got SummerSlam coming up in a couple of months, three months now, I guess. I'm oh, guessing. my! Yeah, man. So we got the next of the big four coming up uh, in August. Uh, so be ready for that. Make sure you are in patreon.com slash BWO. But you also get copies of the show notes for every episode if you like to read along, uh, plus the ability to ask questions here. You can get bonus episodes at the $10 tier, Skype calls with me and Sir Ian Dangerous uh, once a month, uh, all kinds of good stuff, such as the new segments that we're going to be producing with Jesse and Trey Davis that are going to be ongoing yeah. running segments. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out for the first time. We're looking forward to working with you guys on them. But, yeah, patreon.com slash BWO if you want to get in on that. Uh, you can also find all of our other stuff over at uh, BWOPodcast.com, such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can find us pretty much anywhere podcasts are listened to, as well as live right here on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. Make sure you're subscribed and uh, jingle that little notification bell so you get notified when we go live. Hopefully, we're going to find out here real quick during the show. I fixed the audio thing that I screwed up at the beginning, but we're going to test it out right now and see if it does it. Because my name's Nick Howell, and you can find <laughs> me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.